Hello and welcome. Who are you? Who are we? We're Bryn and Ryan, and that's the tea. Today, before we get to our main topic uh, this week, which is technology and its effects on society, um, we wanted to discuss Bernie dropping out of the primaries for a bit. So uh, to begin, we're, let's talk about our reactions. Like, what's your personal reaction, Bryn? Like, how, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, we talked about this in our last podcast. Both of us were in agreement that, like, it was kind of bound to happen. And, like, in my opinion, the sooner the better because it allows, like, the Bernie stands to, like, get on again. Um, right. And, like, come to terms with the fact that, like, he's dropped out and they're going to have to vote for Biden. Um, and I also think, like, in light of the, like, pandemic crisis, you know, politics, I mean, I hadn't heard news about, like, the Democratic primaries in a long time. It was just no longer, like, the focus of the news cycle. So, again, like, I think it was just time to, like, pull the bandaid off. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think that um, now is a good time, too, because I think where we are as a society, we really don't need to be focusing on, you know, inner party struggles like that. And so, in fact, Bernie really should have dropped out maybe a week or so ago at this point, um, because we really need to move on, I think, and get to the main event, which is, you know, defeating Trump at this point. So I'm glad that he did it. And I'm glad that he's now uh, hopefully putting his resources behind Biden and trying to. Uh... Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Do you think that there's going to be a repeat of the 2016 elections in the sense that we're going to be having the same issue of like big Bernie supporters just not getting behind the moderate candidate? Um, you know, I don't know because I if how big of a deal that was in 2016. But I really feel like the gravity of Trump is hopefully going to, like, people know how bad Trump is now. Like, without a doubt, 100%, we've lived it for four years. So I think that that's going to be a big driver to getting people out to vote. So I don't think there's going to be a repeat, really, with a lot of people saying Bernie bust. I don't think that's going to be a big thing uh, in this year. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think ideally, I'd love to agree with you. But I don't know if you've had the same experiences, but like over the past, like last week on like social media, Instagram, TikTok, as well as like conversations with other young voters that I've been having is like a lot of people like I remember this one exact comment I heard that was like, guys, get the word out. Bernie's still on the ballot. You can still write him in. And I was just like, why, though? Like, I yeah. it, to me, it's like, do these people not realize that? By writing in Bernie Sanders, they are voting for Trump? Or do they yeah. just not care, you know? I I just, I honestly, I don't understand it. It doesn't make it, like, anyone who, like, understands how elections work, like, in the first past the post system should realize that you should vote strategically. You should vote for, of the top two candidates that are most likely to win, the lesser of the two evils, or the one that you prefer the most, because otherwise you're basically helping the
around the lesser evil. Sorry. Um, but otherwise, I otherwise we're just reelected unacceptable. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also like as much as I agree with the whole ethics of the like lesser of the two evils, and I think that's a good way to look at it. I also genuinely think that people like overestimate like the quote unquote evil of Joe Biden. And it's mm-hmm. like I get for Bernie supporters that Joe Biden is incredibly more radical. I don't love that he isn't proponent of universal health care. Like, there's issues for sure. But, like, when you think about the current administration and, like, also take into account that Biden would be able to possibly appoint new Supreme Court judges, he'd have a vice president, a cabinet. Like, at the end of the day, you're not just voting for this man, Joe Biden. You're Mm -hmm. voting for a Democratic administration, a liberal administration. Exactly. And I think if there's one thing that the Trump administration has showed us, it's just how much power the president actually has. Like in civics class, they teach us that, oh, the president can't do whatever he wants because Congress and the courts. But I think Trump has showed us that, you know, if you have the Senate behind you, you can get away with whatever you want. You can suspend EPA regulations in a crisis. You can try to move uh, FEMA dollars toward the border wall. And I think it's really important that we don't forget that, you know, if you have a president that's supported by at least one branch of the government, uh, you know, they can basically do whatever they want and we can't allow that power that broadening power of the presidency to be given towards a tyrant like trump absolutely yeah and i'm i'll preface this by saying that i agree with everything we've both said um but just to play devil's advocate for the sake of Mm -hmm. a little bit of discourse like what i have been hearing from some people is that they believe that like Joe Biden's wrongs, his like quote unquote evils are like, even though they're less than Trump, they cannot, they can't ethically (laughs) like fill in the bubble next to his name and then sign their name to that ballot. Because like a lot of people take issue with the fact that he has multiple sexual assault allegations against Mm -hmm. him and state and like they're of the belief that like they're, they don't care whether Trump is worse. They cannot that's crazy put a person who has had these sexual assault allegations in power but but it's like you have to think about it like trump like of course i mean i can't just keep repeating trump is worse trump is worse but like if under as we've already described if you don't vote for biden you're basically voting for trump so if you're not signing your name next to biden you're effectively signing your name to trump which is worse so you're like either you endorse biden who has some allegations or you endorse grab it by the you know what trump right and and like i just think that's a a really weird way to look at it like as voters we should be trying to figure out who's going to do the best for the world and you not voting for what's going to do the best is just unethical under i feel like most ethical systems so i i do not understand that just makes no sense to me i'm not even gonna lie i can't even yeah sympathize with that view at all yeah and i also think that like as voters we also have a duty to people who are not who are disenfranchised and who Mm -hmm. don't have the same rights to a vote that we do you know whether that's people of color who possibly live in states that make it difficult for them to vote or just people who don't have as much of a voice as we might it's that like yeah you might have your own moral and ethical obligations but like 
let's be realistic. Let's try mm-hmm. to help people and like realize that empirically Joe Biden is a better president. His administration's yeah. better than Trump's. And yeah. like there's and I just don't see how someone who calls himself a, li- a liberal can do that. And then I'm also like, okay, you can do what you want. And I respect your right to uphold whatever ethics you want. I respect your right to vote for who you want. But you're not allowed to complain about Trump if he wins then. Like, you're not. Because you made that happen. Yeah, I, I sympathize with your view there. I think it's ridiculous for people to, like, complain if you, like, didn't... Uh vote if you like if you don't vote against trump like don't complain if you vote third party don't complain because it's like that's what i like you basically signed up for so i yeah i i just don't these people who are not gonna vote for biden because of whatever it's like we you have to realize like the republicans are packing the courts the republicans are gutting the eba the republicans are you know getting rid of basically all the conventions that have like held together decorum in our government. Like you're basically signing away. I don't want to say you're signing away our democracy, but like you're signing away normalcy and the institutions and the integrity of our institutions for another four years. And who knows after that, you know, we're looking at like mail-in voting and just like just the other day or week in Wisconsin, they're saying, Oh, no mail-in voting or no, delaying the vote because of coronavirus you all have to go out and vote so they're basically disenfranchising anyone who doesn't want to catch coronavirus and and the republicans aren't going to go to mail and vote so it's just like these people are actively trying to make it harder to vote so if we let trump win for another term like who knows how like easy it's going to be to get rid of the republicans after that because they're rigging the system in their favor so this isn't just this election this is this election and next election and making sure that we return integrity to our institutions yeah and i mean like you know i i do at the end of the day like i do sympathize with people who are very upset that bernie dropped out but like i would just like to say that like bernie sanders should be proud of everything he did and for sure he moved the party to the left he changed a lot of formerly like thought of to be very like liberally radical ideas to become more mainstream such as universal health care and he empowered and lifted up a ton of young voters a ton of minority voters and so and like he's not just leaving like he's still gonna be in the senate and Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders is probably going to help Joe Biden make his agenda more liberal to appeal Hopefully. to the Bernie stands. So yeah. like, as much as I sympathize with them, and I do, like, it's also just understand that, like, your candidate did a good job and, like, your candidate, yeah. you know, didn't lose or anything. Yeah, this like, this is for sure not the death of the progressive movement. Like, Bernie Sanders set a very good precedent for candidates that don't take money from big corporations or from big political action committees. He set a great precedent that people like him can, you know, when like be already see that with a, a Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the whole progressive camp that's starting to grow in the House of Representatives. So I think the ball is rolling on these ideas. And I think if we get a democratic uh, administration, which is going to be a to the ideas of the progressive movement that that can really help to you know move the ball towards a brighter future for the ideas that Bernie Sanders has brought to the forefront of 
uh, left-wing politics. Yeah, I agree. So now we're going to segue into our main topic for today, which is technology. As both of us being teenagers who have grown up with technology in school, in um, our own entertainment, in pretty much every aspect of our lives, we want to discuss its implications on the society Mm -hmm. we live in. And this is especially relevant right now because of the need to move everything online, because of the like resurgence of like Zoom, FaceTime, and, you know, doing classes online, etc. Right. So I think that, well, the when I'll share with our viewers, I got this the idea for talking about this because um, a few weeks ago, when I feel like a lot of us were stressed out about you know the things that were going on in our world that will not be named directly, um, I was <laughs> sitting there and I was just like, I don't want to actually think about this. I'm just gonna go watch Netflix or I'm gonna go watch YouTube or go do whatever online instead of actually like confronting my feelings or confronting you know the world that we're living in. And I thought like, that's really just the way society is moving to, in my opinion, we're moving towards a distraction society uh, where people aren't either, either not confronting their emotions or their lives. And they're just moving towards, you know, all these distractions that are like, are, that are being built up online. And that's made especially worse when you realize that companies like YouTube and Snapchat and Instagram design their products to be as addictive as possible. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with you, Ryan. And my issue is more with, like, the slippery slope there Mm -hmm. of, like, us pushing off our emotions and us becoming addicted to technology. But, like, I think in the status quo, I don't see it as as big of an issue as you do. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that you felt overwhelmed or anxious about what was going on and wanted to watch Netflix. Like, I've been doing a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, like, to us, and this kind of connects to, like, the whole idea of, like, with everyone being, like, in isolation right now, there's, I think, a lot of pressure for everyone to be super productive and work out a lot and, you know, learn a new language. And so, and it's okay to sometimes just be like, I just need a distraction. I just need to get on Netflix Mm -hmm. and watch The Office for two hours. So, like, I don't know. I just don't think it's as severe as you're kind of making it out to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess you're right. Like, it's definitely better that we're turning to Netflix than to drugs or alcohol or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's certainly better this than uh, the whole host of things that humans have historically turned to in times like this. But at the same time, I still think that it's leading people to be maybe less comfortable with their emotions or less comfortable with the world we live in and I think that that can be uh, kind of an issue but at the same time I think conversely it can make people too comfortable because instead of confronting society we can just move off into the distraction world of the internet and we don't actually realize uh, how for instance politics can be moving in a horrible direction and that's leading people to be in my opinion more complicit with the status quo or less likely to take action against uh political leaders or political parties or movements that could actually be very detrimental because everyone's just like oh well nothing's going to change because at the end of the day i come home and i can still sit in my bed with my laptop on my chest and watch you know dance moms again so <laughs> i think that there's I mean- some concerning yeah 
I mean, like, frankly, I would just say I disagree with that. Because I think that, like, there essentially there's power in numbers. And there's power mm-hmm. in feeling connected to other humans. And so, like, take example, like, what you said about, like, calling out politicians or calling out people in power. Yeah. That's something that, like, just one person say even if it's through like a tweet or something like tweeting at this person or like protesting whatever like avenue it's through isn't going to do that much but like if you can get that information out there if you can like tweet out write an article do a podcast uh saying like here's the issue this is going on this person's bad because here's what we need to do you can attract all sorts of people whereas if we didn't have technology as such a big part of our lives then you're right we'd all just i think you you say that like with technology we all just like sit in our beds and watch netflix Mm -hmm. and forget about everything but i think if we did it then i would just be complacent with my own life i'd say i'm fine i'm doing fine it doesn't matter that people who are in worse situations than me across the united states or in other countries because i wouldn't necessarily know or emphasize or sorry empathy Wait, empathize. I wouldn't necessarily know um, their plight, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to, I guess, be active in helping people. Like, I think I just think that, like, in all my own personal experiences with like social and political activism, a lot of it has come from social media, right? And I see that, but I and I think that it's I think social media can be a very good force for you know disseminating information which like was would not have gotten around before and providing more equal and equitable platforms for that information to be spread but I'd also say that it allows people to get away with not really doing anything just you know tweeting a hashtag you know showing sympathy with this or that I think people then start to tell themselves oh well I did a good deed And they think that they can get away with just doing that and that that's enough. And certainly like there's power in numbers, like when enough people bring something to the forefront of attention, stuff can get changed. But I still feel like that can allow people to become keyboard warriors that don't necessarily make an impact in the real world. Um, But I do think it's good that we're like we can access more information than we ever did before. I definitely agree with that part of it. But then I'd also say there's just so much information that like there's information overload. Like I read the news and everything is about to fall apart. The world's about to end. So it's just, it all gets clumped together and nothing becomes meaningful anymore because everything's going to end the world and everything. And you can't sit as a human being, you just can't care about everything that's, you know, that has to be changed. And so then we just kind of put it all in a box, put it to the side and say, uh, and just not think about it. Yeah. I mean, I think both of us have, like, have solid points. And, like, there's definitely arguments to be made that, like, social media has helped us become more connected, helped us become more aware. Or there's the argument that you're advocating for that, like, it's helped us become more complacent. And, like, I honestly think that, like, neither of us are wrong in social Mm -hmm. media is such a, like, blunt tool almost. And, like, technology is a blunt tool that, like, you it depends on how you use it you know Mm -hmm. oh for sure your whole idea of like keyboard warriors is like totally legit because hashtagging something doesn't necessarily do it but like i think hashtagging something and then having a protest and having people on the Mm -hmm. ground is so powerful for sure 
it needs to be a combination of using technology positively to affect change, but also using your own voice and getting out and doing things. And like, I personally take a lot of pride in how our generation has handled that because I think our generation uh, for the most part does a good job using social media and technology for the betterment of society. But I think that like schools and parents and teachers need to do a better job of teaching kids how to use information, how to use technology and social media, because the overload problem you talked about is so valid. Like that's something I can completely relate to and you can't consume all the news and you can't fix every problem by reading the news. And so we need to learn like how do we consume information and how do we actually use it and use social media to affect change? Yeah, I think you're entirely right. And I also think that um, it's important that like with like this whole teaching people like, how to use information like because we're living in a world where people have false information and fake news and all that stuff that it's important to teach people how to find credible news that is accurate and that is not you know overblown or underblown and knowing how to what to do with that information once you have it i think it's really important that we maintain like the integrity of our news and journalism and that uh, the information we're getting is accurate and that we learn how to do that. And I think that schools really should be doing a better job at teaching that. There really isn't a class that like, here's how to deal with the internet. Here's how to deal with that sort of stuff. Like I vaguely remember in like elementary school them being like, don't meet strangers on the internet. It's like, great, but like, what do I do now if I'm not sure that this article is valid or not? Or if I don't know how to deal with the stress of you know, ton news articles telling me that tomorrow the world's going to end. So I definitely think the education aspect of that is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's a change that we need to make. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today on And That's a T. Stay safe and we'll see you soon.